I do have a follow-up on last week's conversation around the SMU yearbook. Mm. So I was flipping through, uh, what was I, what was I doing? Oh, I think I was trying to find an example of, uh, one of the mistakes just to show to my friend or to tell my friend to look at. And anyway, I ended up flipping, it opened to, this was my freshman year. So your first senior year mm-hmm. opened directly <laughs> to the Siget page. And I was like, oh, I was like, look at this. I was like, looking at it. I was like, it's funny. I don't know any of these people. Just to give you ideas to the quality of the SMU yearbook. There is a picture from Sing Song that year where I guess Sigep, or no, um, uh, maybe talent show, I don't know, something, where Sigep did some sort of Blues Brothers oh. um, show. Uh, yeah. And and the caption is like, so-and-so and Ryan, Ryan yeah. uh, are, uh, you know, play the Blues Brothers. The photo is so bad, it's blurry, it's grainy, that I would have had no idea it was you. Well, first of all, you're wearing a hat and sunglasses, so that doesn't help. And me, right? I had long hair at the time, so there was that too. Oh, you, you can't even see your, you can't even see your hair because of the lighting is so poor that it's like only the skin of your face and like the white shirt you're wearing is really like shows that there's a human there. It's so bad that I was like, this is somebody who I see regularly and I like knew in this day and age, and I cannot tell that that is him. So you want to hear a funny story about that? I mean, of course I mean, you do. That's the point of how long? How long is the story? Pretty short. Is my first question. <laughs> pretty <Okay>. short. Um, <laughs> so I wrote the uh, script for that, and I don't remember what the general plotline of it was, but there was a line I had. So I was essentially the Dan Aykroyd one. I was I was Elwood, and there's a part where I should say I've never seen Blues Brothers, so that means nothing. This than is I know Dan Aykroyd's in it. So he has he's very short and very curt and doesn't like like he either. He, he, so there's a part where the other guy. Kellen is going through like he's saying stuff and then I'll have a little remark afterwards where he's like we got to go do this and I'm like yep like and I'll say something and he says something about the sorority we're with which I believe was so it's Delta Gamma and uh I go perfect tens and then I put my hands up like this to do a 10 right mm-hmm. apparently when I did that he goes he goes blah 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 Delta Gamma and I go perfect tens and everyone thought I said something else, and I put my hands up like this. Oh, so so people, he has, like, both of his hands, like, stretched out in front like, of him, like, fingers spread like, wide a little bit. Honk, honk. <laughs> like, yes. and everyone, I said it, and the audience went, <gasps> like, a big portion of them, and I went, and I remember it happening, and I'm going, I don't, like, to me, I'm like, I don't understand why everyone's losing their minds over this. But yeah. afterwards, um, everyone was like, what did you say? And I was like, perfect tens, and they're like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I think I went to talent show that year with my mother because it was family weekend <laughs> talent show. As, guys, at SMU talent show is the first night of family weekend. It's the Friday night. Um, and I seem to remember that there were many different jokes that ended up coming off the way that people on stage, particularly the the MCs, if I remember correctly, did not intend them to come off. And that there was just a lot of mortification. Um, yeah, so. I, yeah, I think... I think listener of the show, Adam, but he, I think he was the one who told me and I went, Oh no. <laughs> like I was very much like, Oh, like how do I, well, can I get everyone back in the auditorium and make a, uh, make a statement real quick? Don't you worry. You have plausible deniability that you were never in that because even though the caption says your name, we've shown that the SMU yearbook is not known for its accuracy. So you can be like, that didn't even look like me. <laughs> Cause it doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so, good times. So what else? Um, I just need to. I, I just need to follow up on that. Sorry. That's fine. No, I'm. I'm with you. That's like I said. That that yearbook. 
I don't remember much from it. I remember, do you, were you there when uh, Phil and I were in the uh, uh, newspaper because they wanted to replace, this might have been before you. No, it might have been you. It was, it was they were replacing the senior class that year decided they were going to give a Mustang to get rid of Peruna. And Phil and I, lost, like everybody was like, excuse me? Do they still run that Mustang around? I don't think they do. I don't think they do because I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I feel like that was a debate that came up three or four times while I was yeah. at SMU. So I don't know if it was then or not. Also, like if you were in the newspaper at the Daily Campus, as, as such as it is, uh, my freshman year, I don't remember. Right. Like I didn't know you then. You know, I hadn't been blessed yet by your presence in my life. So it was just like we wrote this big thing where we were trying to be taken seriously. We were writing all the like cool stuff we learned about Peruna from band and all that, and then. They, sh- they at the last thing like well we need your pictures for the like author things and like phil and i had just come from marching band so we're like sweaty and gross and like i'm puffy because it's like near the end of my senior year and like beer has taken its toll and we're, we're, so it's like these two pictures where it's like and the and the person who did the article knew me and was like well he'd want to be known as ryan spaz so he put that whole thing in so it's like long hair puffy face and then like phil had on like a his beanie or something it's like these two people trying to be taken seriously about this subject, and here's their picture for the article. Well, you want to go ahead and start this thing? Are we ready to I mean, go? Well, I, I, well, I mean, well, how have you been otherwise? We don't just need to talk about the SMU yearbook. Like, how's life? Uh, I, don't, I don't see you. Y'all don't come to trivia anymore, so I don't see you. Um, today was kind of a day. Not bad other than that. Just waiting to be able to go back and see people again. Yeah, we I've basically been confirmed that I'm not going back into the office like except for the occasional like oh I ha- I have to do this one thing in the office until January. Mm-hmm. Uh been going out on more walks. We went to the drive-in I think last weekend, which was like my big adventure outside of uh the normal stuff. Yeah, we- I feel like I saw that uh yeah. on the on the Instagrams. Went to go see uh, Return of the Jedi, which Tara hadn't seen in like 15 years, and I was driving, oh. so Tara cracked open a few beers and was like, "I have questions," and I was like, "All <laughs> right, I'm here for this." Like, it's great oh in a gosh. car because you can just talk and like, and if it's a movie, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have to say though, I think I've only been to a drive-in like maybe twice, and that's probably being a little generous. But I distinctly remember going to see Men in Black three in a drive-in and falling asleep. Like my seat was just very comfy. <laughs> we uh, we used to have one when I lived in Champaign, Illinois, and it was wind-powered, and it was real cool. And the thing was, they would have so basically they had two like you would face one way and watch a screen, and you could look behind you, and there was another screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and then afterwards, they just rotate the two cameras they had they were like on a big like lazy susan and they'd go okay you can watch the other one now like that's just what they do i never stayed for the second one i wonder so i i've been to the the one that i went to was one in ennis that i'm sure lots of i think it's the closest one to dallas Mm -hmm. unless another one's opened um i don't know if you could i guess you could do that because you just paid when you drove in you could just drive around and go to all the other movies right i think that was their thing so they'd just be like if you like, if you want to stay, you can stay, and we'll just show the other movie. Like, what else are we gonna do? Yeah, that's true. Um, um, I remember when I was a kid, I saw Jungle Book on, on a drive-in somewhere in Texas. I don't know where. Not when it originally came out. It was obviously a reprint. I'm not. A, I'm not that old. I have uh, some of Tara's friends always joke that I'm 47, and like every year that joke gets less and less funny, and eventually it's going to become flattering. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I, uh, not, not, not to brag too much, but, uh, 
one of my younger coworkers, she is younger than me by almost, uh, close to 10 years, um, told me she thought when she met me that I was 27. I had someone do that to me too. And, and I was very flattered. Yes. Of course, I like how she was like, when I first met you, I thought you were 27. Now that I've gotten to know you, I realize you're much more old, old much older and more jaded. <laughs> I wonder if like a tw- there's a 27-year-old Frasier podcast that's like all about irony and like discovery of it for the first time and all that. I mean, there might be. I, f- I feel like that's a big thing with Gen Z in the office. Yes, yes. Although it must be so strange too, because the office was on like what two thousand four ish, two thousand five. Mm-hmm. So those like, let's say you were like six or seven years old. Like, let's say the office was someone's Frasier, like what Frasier was right. for me. It's someone's. That's what the office is. That's got to be like wild that that was because that that was such like a groundbreaking comedy at the time. You know that like faux documentary style and everything. So I love. I know we've probably talked about it on her before, but like the Office ladies is just fun to listen to. From the standpoint, I was listening of, to it while while I was baking this cake. Yeah, like, like, what, what are you on? Are you on the Grief Council one? Or are you caught up? No, I'm on uh, the convention. Okay, uh, a few episodes behind the Grief Counselor. Are, are you finding that you're listening to less podcasts or more podcasts? I mean, I think we've talked about this. I am definitely listening to less podcasts, okay, yeah, yeah. fewer podcasts, um, because, and I don't know why it is, because my commute is about when I would go to work is about ten minutes. Yeah. So it's not like I was just burning through them on my commute and everything. Um, I think it's that. I've gotten into more TV shows now. So mm-hmm. for downtime, I actually like am just like, oh, I'll go ahead and get into, you know, whatever. Like I just finished Insecure. Um, and just, yeah, I've just been watching, I think, more TV. So uh, I've also started watching another. Um, I finally updated. Do you, know, do you know Netflix has that list? It's called like my list. And you, so you're supposed to add things you want to watch to it. You're looking at me blankly. No, I'm looking because... at you like, like you're saying it like I thought everybody knew about my list. Okay. So we put the, I knew about my list. I have not thought about it since I probably started Netflix in 2012. So I find, and Netflix doesn't show it to me. Netflix, it's not like one of the first 10 things I scroll through on Netflix. Because mm-hmm. Netflix is like, you haven't updated this in, you know, over five years. So we're going to assume you don't use this anymore. So I finally went through and cleared it out and actually added stuff to it. And I was like, like, let's writ large, see what one could gather from this. And it's like, ah, Laurel wishes she lived in England. Because <laughs> easily half of it is like British mysteries, British comedies, British movies. Well, someone pointed out to me that the reason they bury my list so far, as, as my friend put it, is the same reason milk's always in the back of the grocery store. Because you yes. need milk, but you want to go buy all the other stuff and decide you need other stuff. So, Well, now, though, now that I've updated my list, it's the, like the first thing when I get into Netflix is continue watching. And then the very next line is my list because Netflix is like, oh, you're using this again. Right. I, uh, so anyway, every once I, in a while yeah. I do. A sh- I, 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 it works well for me because I'm the kind of guy who's like, oh, I'll watch this and I'll watch this and I'll watch this. And I'm always putting stuff on my list. It's just every once in a while I go back and. There's a couple of things I don't like about it. One, on certain platforms, like on when we had Apple TV, when you'd go onto my list, it wouldn't put it in the any order. It would be like if I mm-hmm. looked at it, backed out of it, and went back in, it'd be a completely different shuffled order. Oh. But even when it's in the right order, I love going back to like the first few things I put on there. And I'm like, why did I ever think I was going to watch mm-hmm. Lily Hammer <laughs> or whatever? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, I think that's a great example. I have a lot of documentaries that I put on there that like won Oscars years ago. And like, I'm like, well, I don't think this is on Netflix anymore. I'm like, you're never going to watch Blackfish. You never are. Actually, I take that back. I've seen Blackfish. What is it? The Cove. You're never going to watch The Cove. (laughs) But you know what I am going to watch? What what are you going to watch, Laurel? 
Frazier. That's right. Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together and we talk about Frazier. Laurel here Frazier. is... Frazier. <laughs> Laurel here is the uh, day one Frazier... Day one streaming... I'm trying to make you like Lilyhammer that I'm like the new thing on Netflix, but it's not really working. I'm like House of Cards, you know? I was like yes. the very first TV show that, you know, Netflix had. And, and you're like, never have I ever. Tiger King. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, never have I ever was even more recent than oh, Tiger okay. King, so. Tiger King came out eight years ago. That's what's crazy. Do you know? What? Okay. Just in that same vein, I, some friends and I were, were on a group text. And I said that earlier this week, I was listening to a podcast. One of the few I listen to regularly. And it was like earlier this year in impeachment. And I was like, no. Silly, that was two years ago. And yeah. I was like, what? He's been he's been president for nine years. One term is just, nine years I was, now. I was like, you could have told me impeachment happened in 2018, and I would 100% believe you. I'd be like, yep, yeah. that seems right. Yep. Yep, it's nuts. Um, but maybe we should take a moment and head back to a, a, simpler, a simpler time. time. A time when Ryan is looking at the wrong episode on IMDb. A time we are on season six, episode five, first do no harm. It came out on October 29th, 1988, 1998. Oh man. A, a simple I was, time. I was in eighth grade. <laughs> um, I did not yet have braces, nor did I have a reason to wear a bra. It was a simpler time. <laughs> uh, same. So first do no harm. <laughs> Martin sets Fraser up with Duke's gorgeous daughter, Marie. Their relationship blooms, but after a while, he becomes suspicious that she's only interested in free therapy. So this one has Duke's daughter, Marie, played by the gorgeous one-time Bond girl, uh, Terry Hatcher. Oh, see, I, I think of her, I think of Lois and Clark. Or uh, Desperate Housewives. But... Yeah, I didn't really watch Desperate Housewives. Uh, I watched like a season of it, but yeah, Lois and you know Clark, who, man. You know who used to uh, love Desperate Housewives? I mean, a lot of America. <laughs> My father used to be super into that <laughs> show. Um, back when he had to like sit down and watch a show. It's not streaming anywhere, is it? I, I'm sure it is. You know what? Listeners, tell us if you know Death Brown's Wife's sister. Because I know, I mean, I know Grey's Anatomy is on. Uh, and they, they used to all be in that Sunday night block of like soapy yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. I know Grey's Anatomy is on Netflix. So Right. Um, but she comes on. She does a good job. And, and she is just gorgeous mm-hmm. drop dead is she what yes. did, did lois and clark come out I, lois and clark is before this um it, which is funny because which this, actually i should say lois and clark may still be on at this point but i know it started before this yeah, i have no idea it's just this show i think feels older than i remember lois and clark looking or feeling because i think also lois and clark was a single camera show so it got up in her face a lot more so i think this i think being far away from people is a little makes it feel dated yeah, no, that's very true. And that is something that Frasier has a lot. They do a lot of, like, you see so much of the scenery in Frasier. Like, they've really built out the sets a lot. Uh, yeah, well, we, we I think we spoke in an earlier episode how the, the camera quality and everything looks better in this one. Yes, which, yes. Which I I wrote a few notes. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I got notes here. Yeah, I well, for one thing, I wasn't sure if I would have be having to carry this as you tried to bake, which <laughs> didn't end up happening. <laughs> So I was like, okay, you got to, because I was like, oh, I'll do this while I watch it. I was like, no, you got to pay attention in case, like. In case, case Laurel is like casually setting her kitchen yeah. on fire, which didn't uh, happen, guys. Everything's fine. I, I wrote a note about the beginning where uh, this is, there's kind of a sub thread in this one about uh, 
It, well, it's about Roz being a mother and Roz mm-hmm. having to deal with the fact that she doesn't get to have coffee anymore because she's breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And she's just talking about how her daughter doesn't like to sleep alone. And <laughs> Frazier's like, the acorn doesn't fall far from that tree. Well, no, Fra- Frazier starts to say it and Roz is so tired. She doesn't even really hear him and just keeps talking. He's like, <laughs> right. the acorn doesn't fall from this. She's like, and so then I'm like, <laughs> okay, so here's one thing. I mean, as you know, after mm-hmm. our baby food conversation, I have lots of friends with kids. All of my friends with kids drink caffeine while breastfeeding. Like, it's you're not supposed to drink a ton, but, like, you could have, like, a cup of coffee. Well, which, if you follow that plot line, by the end, uh, Roz is <laughs> the best is the, the end of it when she's like, hey, I'm, she's just like, hey, Frazier, you got to hear this story about my friend, and she did this, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I kind of catch on what's going on. Well, it's, but she says, I stopped nursing. And so now I can drink coffee, which also. She she doesn't say now I can drink coffee. You put that together. Cause I was like, she was blah, blah, blah. Oh, and I'm not nursing anymore. And I was like, oh, like it was a good setup and everything for that show. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I was just kind of like, wow, I don't know if this was like a older thing. And now doctors like, it's okay. But all of my friends have, I mean, you don't want to drink a ton of coffee, but like they've all, they'll have like a cup of coffee or something. Well, I think this was the era of what to expect when you're expecting. And like, that was kind yes. of just whatever was in there was what you had to do. I have a friend um, who recently had a kid and she had a book that was very much like, the book is like, the reason they say don't drink caffeine is because this, and here's about how much is bad. Here's how much you can't mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a very kind practical. Of like like... Yeah. And she, you know, she, she drank while she had the kid, but it was also like, to the point where I was like, why would you even drink? Like you're not having hardly anything. Like you're having like half a glass of cider once a day, maybe. I was like, why? I mean, I guess I get it. I, well, no, I don't get it. But I mean, I can, can understand why. You, but... you mean like she drank after she had the kid or while no, she no, was No, no, no. Like when she was pregnant, it's like this yeah. is an okay amount to have every once yeah, in a I mean, while. So I had friends whose doctors were like, you could have like up to X amount every week. And I mean, some of them were just like, sometimes you just crave it. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you just crave uh, like the two friends I'm thinking of were pregnant last summer and they were both just like, yeah, when it's hot outside, I just crave like a like really cold beer. And so, yeah. yeah, they would just like get the tiniest. Oh, I guess Midlands wasn't open when y'all lived there, but the tiniest like offer that like Midlands had and drink like half of it or two thirds of it. And then and they'd be like, OK, I'm good. Something that they have in Australia that I never hear about them doing here is they have mid strength beer like they which is like low alcohol beers. You know, I actually want to say that. Some like big brewing, you know, brewing consortium, like, you know, Anheuser-Busch or something mm-hmm. like uh, thought about doing it or did it or it was maybe it was they were imported from another country. I don't we'll edit this out. That was a nothing burger. Um, <laughs> Have you ever said the term nothing burger before? Uh, rarely, but I've never heard that. We're keeping that in. Are you kidding me? Oh, I've never heard the term nothing burger. So it's funny. My boss in DC is the one I first, like my first boss in DC is the first one I ever heard say it. And then I've heard other people just like sprinkle throughout my life say it, but it, it was very, it was very fitting for the right. What, what that yeah. Thing. I was like, Oh, that was a nothing burger. Um, so anyway, uh, back oh, to Roz and yeah. you know, her, uh, so she's exhausted when Frazier mm-hmm. first sees her. She looks great. I mean, I get that she's supposed to look tired, but I'm like, her hair is on point. <laughs> She's wearing like a like a very crisp blouse. Yes, it has some like baby spit up on it, as Fraser points out. Yes. 
And I like the bit where she's leaving and Martin's like, hey, Roz, is it a new thing to wear two different shoes? So this reminds me of um, my work husband at my job in Dallas, who coincidentally did not drink coffee until they had his, until he and his wife had their second kid. Um, we're talking about drinking coffee. He at one point, so he had, as I guess men do, you can perhaps like corroborate this. He had <clears throat> the same pair of shoes in two colors, one in brown, one in black. They were like, Mm. Um, kind of like late lace up work shoes, I think just, you know, like whatever. Um, and he realized one day that he was, yeah, was wearing one brown one and one black one. And I was like, oh yeah. I mean, they were kind of very different shades, like not like a really dark brown. Um, and I was like, oh yeah. How did you make that mistake? And he was like, well, Molly, their dog was asleep (laughs) when I was getting dressed and I didn't want to turn the light on and wake her up. So I got dressed in the dark. <laughs> that's awesome. And I was I like, I've done that with socks, but that's about it. Yeah, no, he just, he could tell they were both the same shoes. So he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so then we kinda, meet. Yeah. That kind of leads into Martin, uh, said, saying he set Frazier up with, uh, Duke's daughter, Marie. Now that one led me to this question. Have your parents ever set you up with anybody? Uh, no, thank goodness. I <laughs> shudder to think who my parents might set me up with just because I know they know absolutely nobody my age that I'm not related to. So my parents have definitely, my mom has definitely tried. She's like, asked me to go to a, like a house party for a rich Dallas person because her daughter was about my age and had been to Australia. And she was very nice. I don't remember her name, but we spent the whole time talking about Australia. And then it was like, okay, great. Bye. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, my friend Paul, my friend Paul went with me because I was like, I need someone there just so I can have someone to lean back on. And we got weirdly cornered by a drunk older woman in, in like wine drunk, just being like, "You boys are so handsome." And we were like, "We got to get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he listens, but man, I got to ask him about that next time I talk to him. If he remembers, that. yeah, we, we yeah we need to have him on to tell that story. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I. Uh... The only setups I've had happen are like friends of mine who've tried to set me up with other friends of theirs, often people that I've already met. And as I'm sure happens to you, you interact with a lot of people of the other sex during the day and you don't necessarily want to date them. And that was kind of what it was. I was, they would be like, Oh, can Josh join us? And I'm like, sure. He's great. And Josh, are you both like, this is totally platonic. We just are fine being the the other couple on their dinner date, but we are not going to date each other. Well, there's also the thing where I've been on both sides of this as a single person and as someone, a couple, where uh, you, a couple of people assume like you're single and you're single. Why, why don't you guys like each other? Mm-hmm. And I've had a friend, I had a friend do that where she was like intent to get me to date her friend. And I was like, I she's, she's nice. Like, mm-hmm. please stop. Like, like spread the net wider like she's mm-hmm. not i don't really want to date her um i when in high school i very distinctly remember uh my best friend at the time and my girlfriend's best time at best friend at the time us getting them together and like when i tell that to people like they were in a relationship for about a month and then it like spectacularly exploded Nice. And I just remember being like, what did we think they had in common? And she was like, well, <laughs> they were both our best friends. And yeah. that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- that's about as far as, like, setups have ever gone is, um, yeah. I would say that in D.C., my, my friends were usually just, I mean, w- w- we were never so formal as to be, like, double dates. But just, like, yeah. oh, being like, oh, let's invite so-and-so to this party or whatever. Yeah. I remember that sort of thing. And, I, you know, as much as our setups didn't work, uh, 
good lord, Martin did a good job with his. Yes. So much so that it activates this other B plot that had me writing in my notes, what the f***, Martin? <laughs> because Martin takes people outside on his balcony, takes Daphne out there, but first calls his friend and is like, hey, hey, check her out in the binoculars, which is real, real skeevy, Martin. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's funny that I wrote down nothing about that, um, almost because I think, A, I'm so bothered by that plot point, and B, I just blocked it out. Um, yeah, it's, it's real, it's real creepy. Yeah, it's very meat markety. Although I did like the end where he does the same thing to Roz, and Roz is, like, upset by it, but then comes back out and, like, stretches her legs and stuff like that to show off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, but, um... When Niall sees Marie and he's like, oh my gosh, is that the girl we used to call the ugly dukeling? Yes, that's what it was. And I was like, y'all were cruel as children. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like they're still snobby and I think Frasier gets real weird the next one, but like. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, I went to a small private school until eighth grade and my, I was in school in class with like the same 12 people for those yeah. years. So like, I don't know. We were all just like, we we're never that mean. And I, I mean, we, we were, we were mean sometimes. We were never that mean. <laughs> well, I, I, I was never that clever in eighth grade. I've just been like, remember we called her ugly Marie. <laughs> like that would be the extent <laughs> of my, of my, uh, insults. I, I will. I, I will say though, my my friend, actually the one who was tried who back when we were like twelve years ago, used to try to set me up with people just by being like, "Johnny's gonna join us," and I'd be like, "Okay." Um. Anyway, at my parents' house, we have what I call the Hall of Laurel, which is all of my school yes. photos. Yes. Um, and once she was over <laughs> at my parents' house, it took a spin down the Hall of Laurel, and we get to like some real awkward years, and she goes, "Oh my god." look at you and she like like stroked my face and was like you're like a swan and i was like i'm both like flattered and offended that <laughs> you thought i was an ugly duckling well it's partly because you have that long stately neck it's part yes of- yes i'm sure i'm sure that's what it is <laughs> anyway um, just so there's cr- some repressed memories here <laughs> tara has a picture in her as a black and white school picture of hers where part of it is she doesn't really look like she's really become she's really swanned out as well <laughs> um but that picture is just black one and it, it's like her like this like really mm-hmm. pose it is my favorite picture of her because i also say it, she it's all in black and white she's wearing like a black shirt and i'm like you look like you're auditioning for a slytherin student like <laughs> i don't know how to explain it but i'll have to show you and only you because she won't let me show the rest of the world this picture this picture sometime I mean, Tara, uh, let's just have a night where we both show some of our more, like, awkward. Like, I don't ever and, look super... Oh, and Ryan. And Ryan, yeah, you can... Oh, no. Through. What I'm saying is at least you guys grew out of it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to pass you and be like, look at that ugly duckling. So, <laughs> although you keep that quarantine facial hair up and I don't know. <laughs> Calling it a quarantine mustache assumes that I won't be having it after the quarantine is all what a, what a lucky woman Tara is. <laughs> she actually likes it. She's... It took her a little while. I can tell that she actually means it when she likes it because she's kissing me at the same frequency that she did previous to the mustache again. Before she's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and now she's like, oh, hello. It's, 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 she's just gotten used to it. And you've probably also gotten past the really scratchy, like prickly like stage. I put, I put a little beard oil in it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, up. That, that's we cool. also We also have adjusted. I'm a little higher than her than, than our usual lip to lip. Okay, now this is getting too technical. Um, <laughs> um, so the, the, the crux of this episode is that he seems to be having a good relationship with Marie. But it, she all she ever wants to talk about is all like her dreams analysis and like problems with her mother and things like that. And and he's going along with it. And Niles keeps putting the thought in his head. Well, maybe it's because she thinks you're a therapist. Well, maybe it's because you're stretching your therapy muscles mm-hmm. again after a while. Which I don't know. Like the fact that it's called first do no harm seems to imply that it's like this is unhealthy and we should get away from it. But they never seem to get that across in the episode. Well, I think the whole first do no harm is playing, this is what I got, that it's playing off of, you know, the Hippocratic Oath, but like you first, first role as a doctor is to do no harm. So it's implying right. that she's a patient and not somebody he's dating. Fair. Um, but I, I don't know, like I kind of thought when Niles was pointing this out and I mean, she kind of ends up, you, you, you get that sentiment that Niles shares more and more, like when she's about to leave after he doesn't want to talk about her dream anymore. Yeah. And then he's like, well, actually, I had a thought. And then suddenly she wants to stay and continue to, like, rub his back and everything. But I was kind of like, I don't see if – it, if it just happens to be that you talk about this a lot, like, I don't necessarily see this as a bad thing. Like, that you're dating somebody whose profession has, like, application in your life and you enjoy talking about it. Like – well, I mean, the fact that Tara has therapy training helps our relationship. Now, there's more to our relationship than that. I think that, I think the big thing that kind of changed my mind, because at first I was like, this this seems fine, was when she was, like, disinterested about being there until that's all they wanted to yes. talk about. And then yes. I was like, well, that's a problem. Yeah, that but, was, like, a tipping point for me. Yeah, I also don't, I, well, I also thought it was pretty healthy of the writers in the story to be, it's not just she wants this, it's also Frazier wants it, and it's not healthy from his direction as well. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it showed a little bit more um, self-control, maybe, on Frazier's part, mm-hmm. that he was able to be like, you know, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I, maturity, I feel like, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I feel like... We're watching a condensed version of their relationship, but, like, I feel like in real life they could have just kept dating for a little while and see if something bloomed from there. But, like, I don't know. It it, it, it was – I was upset to see Terry Hatchard go, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't say I think she was too big to, for them to have her on the show for more Absolutely. than one episode. Um, yep. I uh, – oh, so I wrote at one point just because I really do need to talk about this. Um, I think it's – Towards the end, uh, it must be towards the end because it's towards the end of my notes. When Niles, I guess, comes to Cafe Nervosa or something, and I just wrote down, DHP looks good. <laughs> like, I like don't know if they were tailoring his suits a little differently. I don't know if maybe he got a little hair trim. I don't know if he just, like, maybe slimmed down ever so slightly. But I don't know, something about everything in, like, this one scene. He walked in, and I was just mm. like, heavens! <laughs> um... Do you have anything else you specifically want to Oh, cover? well, I was just, she talks about a recurring dream that she has. And I was just like, do you have any, you know, recurring dreams that you want to share with the class? I mean, I have weird ones. I keep having this one lately, which is very odd. Like lately, I mean, like over the past year or something like that. I used to, so the dream I used to have was like finals are coming up and I haven't yes. studied. Or like I didn't go to the class all year and that sort of thing. The one that's been lately is like I keep uh, it's like I've quit marching band, but they keep wanting me to come back. 
or they're mad that I'm not there. And I've done it with SMU van. I've done it with high school van. I don't know what it is. It's very odd. Hmm. I've had a lot of dreams lately that have at some point or another in the dream taken place in the sorority house that I lived in or like, but, or maybe not necessarily the sorority house I lived in, but a sorority house that's supposed to stand in for the one that I lived in. I'm not necessarily in college in these dreams, but that's been happening a lot. And I'm not really sure why. Um, maybe because it's around the time of year, you know, that we both would have graduated. And so that was when I was like, you know, nostalgic about living in the house. So talking about this, I just remembered recently I had some dreams and I woke up and I thought they were kind of interesting at the time. And I wrote them down and I haven't looked back at them. Would you like to hear them or is this too much? Okay. No, 100%. So it says, it's titled Writing Ideal, which I believe is idea. And the first one says, Immortal. Guy was immortal, helped advance a town, forgot, held kids captive to talk to school, helps them remember him because he made them forget, wants to figure out how to die. (laughs) I don't know. I think the idea was it was someone who was immortal, like, being like, I want to figure out how to die, but he was, I don't know what it was. So there's that one. The next one is Weird Town, which feels like it could be something for the first one as well. Weird Town, town going through financial difficulty. One family affected. Patriarch starts, starts sound weird things town thinks are get rich quick schemes, but really an entity is controlling him to do evil. The lead has blackouts. Dave is in it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, some of those, the first sentences of that dream sounded like you were having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, that was, the first one was probably when I woke up, I was like, I gotta write this down. And the second one was like, I'm starting to fall back asleep. (laughs) I also, one time, had a dream where I was uh, doing stand-up, and I was killing, and I was laughing, like, in my sleep. And I woke up and went, shh, I gotta write this down. And I wrote it down, and I just remember the next day being like, this is nothing. This is absolutely not. This is a nothing burger. <laughs> I'm so glad you get to you get the, you know, nothing burger. Oh, also, at one, I did write down one other thing um, that Frazier says he didn't know that Terry Hatcher didn't touch doorknobs just because of his chivalry. And I was like, oh, who knows when I'll touch a doorknob again? <laughs> like, who knows when I'll touch an elevator button again? Who knows? So another thing I pointed out about Martin being a creep in this one is when we do do the the the, the silent pantomime cold closing, uh, he looks at the person in the in the binoculars behind Ross and goes I know and then does big hands like a fish like I don't know what that was but it really bothered me. Do you know I, what I'm talking about? I, I I do and I I don't know what that was either. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Should we, should we rate this one? We should. Um, you go first while I think of my thing that is going. you're going to think of first. Um, I guess I'm going to do six um, Seahawks tickets that Martin is afraid Duke is not going to offer him after Marie and Fraser break up. Oh, I'm going to give it six crane brulees. Why didn't we talk about crane brulee? I honestly Fraser's, forgot. Fraser's I forgot about it. Signature meal. I did like that he did a dry run on it for Martin just before. <laughs> I was real excited when he got that torch, but then I saw what he was going to do with it. Um, yeah. So the next one is Secret Admirer. 
A giddy Fraser mistakenly believes he's the object of a secret female admirer's affection. And even though he's he's squiring around an attractive new woman who adores him, he sneakily rings up every number in his little black book. Never heard the term squiring. Oh, I, I have. I, I have an outside of Game of Thrones, like, legitimate squiring. Oh. Yeah, no, like, if, if you, you, you can, like... It's like kind of like another term for a synonym for like courting. Um, yeah, okay. Like, like like if you're taking someone out around town, it's re- really old fashioned. But I like really wanted squiring squiring you to yeah. you know something a dance. I whatever. really want I, I really wanted this relationship to work. I really liked her. N- yeah. Na- Nancy is that her name? I, I believe so. Let me click. Let me figure out. Yep, Nancy. Uh, yeah, I liked her. She seemed um, age appropriate. Age appropriate, she, attractive. Yeah, right in his wheelhouse. They seemed to get along very well. And Frazier effed it up hard. I think mm-hmm. I really, I think I literally wrote a thing. Let's see how Frazier effs this up. And certainly he did. And like, there's no, there's no. This was terrible. Terrible what he did. I thought it was bad. Oh yeah, no. This although it's funny, I didn't connect the dots that this was the same episode, but I remember the Niles part of this episode vividly. Well, I really remember Niles calling him out and I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. The way he did it. Like, what are you doing? Like you're yes. just, you... Oh, I wrote down Niles makes a good point. Like, yeah. Where he's like, you're crazy about this woman. So I did find it interesting though, the way they were all talking, I thought that Nancy and Frazier had been dating for like six weeks or something. And then we find out they're about to go on their third date. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. That's like, I, I mean, at that point, you're not even like dating exclusively in my book. So like. But I, I think it was just, he was like, I'm going to go through my entire, like if he'd been like, oh, I think I know who this is and let's see, that'd be one thing. Also he like, wasn't like, not not to say Fraser needs to really like judge his past dates on financial status, but those were really expensive gifts. And I want to be like, that should be pretty easy for you to narrow down as to who could afford these gifts. Well, he was so smitten with the idea. I think they almost tackled that because there was a he said like oh no it was Niall said maybe it's Daphne and Martin said yeah she's been making <laughs> watching, extra money yeah watching that old woman's hair yeah. so she can buy you Cartier I, uh, I I think he was just so smitten he wasn't even thinking about it um, I do want to point out that I think it's important that uh, you commit yourself to someone on date one like I did with my wife anyway so the <laughs> Um, sure. So I, I caught one thing I wanted I really to hope that at the end of date one, you were like, hello, I would like to define this relationship. I would not like to date anybody else. I mean, it wasn't like, I'm not someone who has a backlog going at anyone. <laughs> I never was like, all right, all right, let's, let's uh, nail this thing down here because frankly, uh, there's a line lady. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say though, the last time this was years ago, that last time I had like a true DTR, it was very obvious that the guy was like, Oh, I didn't know we needed to have this. I just assumed we were only dating each other. And I was like, we, we are. I just like, like, I, I just feel like we need to say it because we met online and I'm always what's, dating a few other people at the same time. What's, what's DTR mean again? Define the relationship. Define. Or, okay. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up that's very important for me to bring up. So during, there's a, there's a scene where Martin starts talking about, uh, Leo, not Leo, Eddie being on, uh, Pop paper. Now, is that what it's called? Bubble wrap. Like, bubble wrap. I was like, pop paper? That, I can't think of it. He's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. That sounds like yeah. one of those regional like <laughs> things that they say like in New England. They call it pop yeah, paper. Yeah, pop paper. <laughs> um, 
but he was like, you know, he's always running over and poppity pop pop poppity pop pop pop. pop. <laughs> okay, the woman behind him is trying so hard not to laugh. <gasps> oh, is she? Like she, he says something and then he does poppity pop pop, and she goes, like she does like this face, like <laughs> mm, like smiles, and it's the one that they were saying, like I think it's her, I know her. Oh, Fraser is, and he yeah. thinks she might be the secret admirer. So go back and watch that scene if you can, and just watch. Oh, I watch will. Her, like, I love watching people break. That's one thing I like about um, Office Ladies is that they're always pointing out when characters are breaking, and now they're sharing what everyone's tell is that they're about to break. <laughs> yes, the best one is when Jim pops uh, Dwight's ball, which I wish I had a better explanation because if you don't know what I'm talking about. Good Lord. His, he's sitting on a yoga ball. <laughs> he's sitting on all those big it. exercise balls. <laughs> and every other time they had done it, it just went and like yeah. slowly descended. And when he does it in the shot they keep, it ex- like explodes and he yes. falls. And if you watch it, you could see John Krasinski be like, whoo, and like get out. Of- you can <laughs> yeah. even hear him. Like it, yeah. they catch it on tape. Because he like darts out of the way. I- yes, it's so good. <laughs> I most recently learned that Brian Baumgartner, who plays Kevin, also SMU alum, um, when he's trying not to laugh, he exhales out the side of his mouth and sounds like yes. a tea kettle <laughs> yes and mindy kaling puts like paper in front of her face yes yes it's um good. i really enjoy how they were tracking until mindy got to full mindy they'd be like yes. we're at half mindy right now hey guys if you listen to one podcast listen to craniacs but if, <laughs> if you, you listen, listen to, to two, two like I make mean, that you, other one the office ladies i mean cra- craniacs remember this that like as recently as six months or a year ago, I was like, I can't watch The Office anymore because it reminds me of like dysfunctional like people I've worked with. And I don't find it funny. And Office Ladies has gotten me back into watching The mm-hmm. Office. Yeah, I I feel like that is such a such a delightful way to get back into a show, which is why we're glad yes. that all of you listen to Craniacs. <laughs> Unfortunately, neither of us have been on the show. Have you had any Frasier dreams? Not that I can recall. Sometimes I mean, David I High watch... Pierce pops up in my dreams all the time, so, you know. He does, guess, he does guest spots. Yes. I was actually just reminiscing the other day about when I saw him and Bette Midler and Hello, Dolly, and how fantastic they were. Um, oh, I forgot cause... it was with Bette Midler. Yes. So in so in my new car, I have a trial of Sirius XM, and one of the channels on Sirius XM is um, Broadway. <laughs> and I was like, Yes! I is didn't it, realize how many Broadway shows I've never seen because half the time I'm like, I don't have no idea what song this is. Number one, your yes was very Miss Piggy. Number two, does it say like Broadway and like a like, like, yeah, like tilted, a, like, yeah. Yes, yes, it does. Um, I, I think it does. I mean, in my car it doesn't, but on the serious website it does. Um, right. But anyway, one of the songs from Hello, Dolly was um, that he sings was playing the other day. And I, was, and I was like, I know those dulcet tones anywhere. Hello, David Hyde Pierce. Welcome to my car. <laughs> Um, so I feel like we should, we haven't done a great job of explaining what's happened this episode, which is kind of fun. Okay. But as we know, so Frazier, Frazier, Frazier gets a present in his mm-hmm. squash bag, a Cartier, mm-hmm. Cartier cufflinks. And it has a note saying it's from a secret admirer and says something about like, I should never have let you go or something like that. And so Frazier is like, well, 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 somebody wanted didn't like their their time in what club Frasier ended too soon or something? <laughs> yeah, it closed early. Yeah, and I um, wrote gag next to Club Frasier. I didn't I didn't write that, but I do have stuff in it. It's like you're over forty, dude. Like the way he acted in this was just so he irresponsible. Acts like he was an incel until he was mm-hmm. like thirty. He acts like somebody who was completely ignored by women while he like sat at home and cried and wondered yes. why nobody was sleeping with him. Um, do... And it's because you say things like Club Fraser. 
Do you? Uh, did you? I, I, it's hard, it's a hard question to ask you because you watched this so long ago. Did you remember the twist or the the, the result of yes. the Secret Admirer? Yes. Okay. I didn't figure it out till like as soon as he said, "I think it's for you." I was like, "Oh!" Like then I figured to, to Niles, and I figured out that was probably Maris. But like, I don't know that I would have figured it out early. Like I was like, I thought it was a Secret Admirer. I, I think at one point I thought. Because it, it never said Mr. Crane, like when he got in his squash bag, mm-hmm. Dr. Crane, or Fraser or whatever. I figured it might be for someone else, but. I figured it, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Um, and Craniacs, let us know who you thought it was, because I, I mean, mm-hmm. I went into this knowing, because um, I, I also very distinctly remembered the part where Niles asks the barista at Nervosa, like, oh, can you describe the woman who dropped this off? And she's like, oh, you know, she was, you know, very well dressed and very thin and ordered, you know, a full fat mocha with extra whip. And they're like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. She just took a big whiff and handed it back to me. Like that is like seared into my mind. I will tell you one thing I really didn't like about this app. This, I just bit my tongue as I said that. So now I have a list. Yeah, I was like, about this episode, yes, I, like, yes, I heard. I heard that's what you said. <laughs> Terrible. Um, one thing I really didn't like about this episode is, I think Niles does all the right things. He makes the right decisions. Niles does everything right in this episode. He has a good perspective on how Fraser should act towards it. He's, you know, in the right. He's, he, he knows it's from Maris, and and for once he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. We just, she's not going to string me along again. He's moved on. On his own. It's not another episode of everyone convincing him he should move on. He takes it. And he's punished for it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I, I, I'm assuming this is going to be a thing going forward because, haha, I guess it's funny. He's going to be dragged through the mud. She's going to take him for everything he's worth. And it's, I'm done I, with it, Laurel. Laurel! I, <laughs> I'm done! Well, I, I mean, good news. The show ends at some point, so <laughs> Niles isn't still suffering. But I, I know... Um, but and this almost feels different. I mean, this is this is different than the whole previous Niles and Maris like back and forth because back then it was like, oh, we want to try to save our marriage, we want to try to work on it, we're gonna do all these things. And now it's very much like Maris versus Niles. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with you. Niles has had such a healthy perspective this whole episode. He did the right thing. Um, and it almost makes me realize because I mean, Niles does not have a ton of money out. I mean, obviously he does well for himself as a psychiatrist, but Maris is so wealthy that I'm like, mm-hmm. what, what can she get from him? Maris is almost the perfect, like heel villain at mm-hmm. this point. Like where I feel like if they actually, uh, cast her, that poor actress is just doomed. Oh yes. <laughs> like yes, Joffrey, you know, yes, you'll, you'll, you'll find out. Um, um, so I, I had one more thing I, that, that dinged for me that I wanted to, talk about um there's a part where i where roz comes in i forgot exactly what was happening but roz was like hey you can come over and we'll you know like they're gonna hang out or something like that because they both didn't have anything to do and i wrote oh no roz is treating fraser like a fallback we're planting the seeds for when they eventually wake up together after a desperate night and i'm just like no no well i thought that was more her taking pity on him a little i mean she was like i don't have a date but she was also like you never have a date, so... I'm just saying, I know you know the answer, but I think this is the writers early on going, it could happen. So that when it does happen, it's not so much of a shock. It's the same episode where we meet Maris, finally, so... Yes. Maris pops out from in between them and is like, can you believe we did that? And it's uh, played and they didn't, by... didn't even know she was there because she's yes. so middle. 
Uh, I, I also wrote down... by a marionette. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote down... Because uh, this is now an ongoing thing in Frasier where he has people over for a home date and is wearing a suit. Mm. And the woman, Nancy, is wearing, like, a cocktail dress. And I'm like, what? I dated a woman when I was in grad school who... Uh, worked very long hours and one of the reasons we broke up is because i would come over and she would immediately change into pajamas and we'd hang out and watch tv and i'm like that's fine but it's also like really earlier in the relationship and i'm like coming over to do that and maybe you know whatever but i was just like can we maybe go out every once in a while and she's like no i'm just yeah i'm like i i'm listen i spend the majority of my life in my (laughs) pajamas lately so I mean, but I was just remember that being like, and I said something once and she was like, I have a really hard job. And I'm like, but like, we skipped the like fun. We're starting dating. part, We went straight into straight into like like, nesting. So no, I, it's uh, that, that makes sense. And I remember when I'd started to date somebody and I, at one point, I don't know, we made like a very last minute, like, Oh, Hey, let's, let's, let's get together and do this. And it was like, I don't know, a Sunday afternoon and I was at my friend's house and I was wearing like leggings and my Garth Brooks concert t-shirt. And I turned to her and I was like, do I need to like dash home and change first or what? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, it's just, it's too early in the relationship for you to (laughs) show up like this. She was like, you don't look bad, but like, no, it's too too early. So Frazier ends up getting his comeuppance when finally Nancy comes over and on Frazier's, and she asked if she could check his machine because she gave her secretary his number. And I was like, man, the pre-cell phone world sucked. <laughs> it's also like a very contrived oh, yes. Yes. conceit to get you to this point. But yeah, yeah, And his machine is just full of women being like, hi, Frazier, it's Denise. Uh, no, I didn't call you. I don't want to see you again. Or I didn't send you gifts. I don't want to see you again. Two things that happened in this episode that I think we've talked about earlier in the podcast is my being like, is this a thing where one was um, the third date means it's, it's go time. And the second thing is a little black book. Mm-hmm. A little black book. Definitely. We talked about that. You actually thought that like, wouldn't you think that people were like somehow like given a little black book and it's like, and this is where you, I mean, I don't know where people. you would buy that. Like, I guess like, it's just a, it's probably just an address book that happens yeah. to be black, but I don't know. I guess by the time we got to that point, Laurel, we had cell phones. We, we did have cell numbers. phones, but also like, yeah, I mean, if you were to be like, let's say in the past two years, oh, Laurel, think of a guy you've gone on two or three dates with who might have sent you, be sending you gifts now. I'd be like, there is no way I can go back <laughs> because some of them are just that unmemorable and some are like, yikes, I hope none of them are listening. Pretty much Girl, guaranteed. Like- <laughs> Guarantee you that none of them knew that I had a podcast. Um, or if they're listening, they probably think too much of themselves to think it's them. So <laughs> they're probably like, <laughs> Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's a good note to rate this thing to. <laughs> but also, if you're listening and you want to send me gifts, uh, <laughs> you know, I can give you my work address and I'll go in there once a week and pick them up. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's let's rate this one and get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Um, I think I would give this um, I think I think I'd give it five sets of Cartier cufflinks. It's it's a it's an important episode in like the Niles and Maris thing. Um, And I really like seeing Frazier get his comeuppance. But the whole thing just made me like, 
Uh, yeah, I'm the same. I'll probably give it a f uh, five shredded financial agreements. Um, although I will say I almost want to give it six because of poppity pop pop pop. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to watch that woman. I know. Uh, she, guys, we'll, we'll figure out the timestamp and put it in the Facebook group. That's it, one thing it, they're really good about on Office Ladies yeah. is telling you timestamps. It could possibly be. I guess you could do it as whatever she was reading was funny, but she's clearly looking at us like poppity pop. She goes, <laughs> does a face. It's amazing. But, guys, we'll put those timestamps up. If you Hey, if you notice something in the background of any of these episodes, you let us know. And here's how you do it. Uh, we are craniacs at gmail.com. C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S at gmail.com. We're at craniacs on Twitter. Craniacs, a Frasier podcast on Facebook. Good job. <sighs> Stuck the landing. Um, check us out there. And uh, also check us out on Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, iTunes, anywhere else you find podcasts. And give us a five-star review. Give us the highest review possible. It really helps us. If you feel like giving us a four-star or lower review, there's other things you could be doing with your life. Here's Laurel with one of them. So my pop culture recommendation has a little bit of a like serious, relevant turn. Um, you know, There is a lot of focus today on race relations in the U.S. and emphasis on the fact that we have not really come as far as a nation um, in terms of post-slavery and racism as I think we like to pat ourselves on the back about. So um, there's a few uh, things on Netflix that kind of can get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, if this is an area you feel like you want to work on yourself or just become a little bit more educated about, one is a documentary by Ava DuVernay called um, 13th. 13 or 13th? Um, I think it's called 13th. Okay, 13th. Um, and it's about the 13th Amendment, which... Um, abolish slavery, but it's more so about the mass incarceration of um, black men really since um, the Civil War. Um, I watched this a few years ago, and I remember it being very powerful, but I want to rewatch it. Um, another one is also by Ava DuVernay, um, and it is not a documentary, but it's based on a true story called When They See Us, which is about a group of black preteens and teenagers in New York who were wrongly convicted and jailed for an attack on a white woman in Central Park. Um, and they recently, in the past like 10 years, were released from jail after realizing that that was not, um, they were not the right people. I they tried were exonerated to, because yes. of DNA evidence. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, I tried to watch this um, a year ago and I got very upset and angry in the very first episode and stopped watching, but I'm going to challenge myself to go back and continue watching it because um, it's really mind-boggling that something like this occurred. Um, so yeah, those are two things. Um, I think the Netflix right now has a whole Black Lives Matter collection, actually, that they are at least pushing to me. So I assume they're pushing it to everybody. So, you know, kind of find one that you think would be a good starting point for you. If you're, I, I've seen 13th. I haven't watched, um, oh my God, I forgot, I already forgot what it's called, but from my brain, it's what we do in the shadows, but that's definitely it's, not. It's when they see us. No, anytime, see people, us. anytime people say what they do in the shadows, I think it's when they see us as well. I'm like, that's funny. Um, but if, if I know sometimes this stuff, it, it's hard and I, I'm the kind of person that I don't like reading, uh, nonfiction a lot. So if some, doing something fictional will help you with this, I cannot recommend enough Watchmen on HBO. It is such it was such a forward thinking, unfortunately only nine months, like, or not unfortunately, but like it was only nine months ahead of its time. It's, I don't think it's, I think it's free for a, a little while. HBO was doing something for a bit where you could watch it. I yes. highly suggest that it may be a little hard to follow if you haven't read the comic, but, if, but just, it's going to be like lost where you're going to have to be okay with not knowing what parts are exactly what's going on until you get to the end. It's only, I think nine episodes 
it's great sci-fi it's it's superhero stuff it's it's tackles race and of race and police and um all sorts of stuff head on it's where i think the tulsa uh race riot or what was it called uh, the, the massacre basically the, tulsa the tulsa massacre, massacre uh, came into my worldview and i think came into a lot of other people's worldviews because the first episode starts with that and it has a lot to do with the series so it's it's a fictionalized series but there's a lot of stuff that is real and it's worth worth checking out if if for some reason i, I laurel's 13th was amazing strange uh appearance by newt gingrich in 13th not exactly sure why he was picked to be in there but okay um but yeah i say i watched this two years ago i now feel like when i think about the apartment i lived in when i watched this i feel like it was four years ago so i really do need to rewatch this time is meaningless but uh if yeah go check these out guys it's it's you know we're we're encouraging you to watch a pretty safe uh, form of media maybe now is the time with, with Fraser. i mean now is the time to kind of maybe stretch your comfort zone a little bit so yeah. thank you and, so much for that recommendation Laura. yeah and and listeners if you have recommendations of your own of books you're reading that are kind of you know expanding your horizons a little bit or really making you think or other things you're watching you know drop them in the email us drop them in the facebook group we've all got nothing but time right now so let's like make make the best of it all right we'll see you next time guys uh I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all.